So as you know, we usually release our episodes on a Monday morning, but we have a very special episode today that we managed to pull together just yesterday, and we decided to release it straight away, given the week that it is. There's a lot of days of that week, but this is a special week. This is <laughs> Easter, and we have got the golden ticket, and we were lucky enough to get inside a chocolate factory. Okay, well, it's certainly not a factory, it's more of a lab. A chocolatier's kitchen and a very happy little production house with everyone buzzing in, buzzing around, and lots and lots and lots of laughter. Okay, just arrived. Okay, so today's Wednesday. It's the 12th of April. It is a couple of days away from Easter. Now, if you happen to be a chocolatier, this is probably the busiest time of the year. Well, probably Christmas as well. But luckily, We've been invited down to the Hungry Crow. It's in Lissavard, just outside Clonakilty in West Cork. These guys are up the walls and they've invited us to come along and see what's inside. Hi, how's it going? How are you? I'm Jolene. I'm so, Mia to... O'Reilly is the head honcho there at Hungry Crow. Now, during our hour or so, we got to see some toffee making, lots of activity in the shop, meet some of the customers and the busy roadside. And we found out what it's like for employees working in the space. And more. And while I was physically in the shop, then we brought Jack into the conversation via the power of the internet. Hello, Hello lads. Hi, Jack. How, How are, are you? you? And he got a tour of the kitchen and the shop on my laptop. I was literally carrying him around, cradling my laptop like a baby. Don't you feel so special, Jack? (laughs) It certainly was a new experience in the podcasting realm, mixing the whole thing together and in a short time frame. But we love a challenge. Oh, my God, lads, the smell is incredible, isn't it? I'd say you're probably immune to it at this point, are you? I don't smell it anymore. Yeah. In fact, all my clothes smell like chocolate. (laughs) And I got to say, I was corrected by Mark. This is not actually a chocolate factory, even though I do mention it a few times in the interview, because clearly I was expecting my Willy Wonka moment to happen. But what we're actually experiencing here are artisan chocolatiers at work, because the Hungry Crow make confectionery handcrafted in small batches using ethically sourced chocolate. And right now, Neve is using 72% and 85% Colombian and Peruvian so, chocolate. So uh, the chocolate that we use is comes from a company called Casa Lucre and they're, um, they're, it's not registered fair trade, but they're a really ethical company. Yeah, I mean, like, let's make the world a small bit better rather than a little bit worse. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like, it doesn't matter, it, just as, it's not even a big selling thing. I mean, I, we do tell people, but... It's more and so to picture the scene, I'm standing yeah. in the kitchen and everyone is laughing away, having a great time. Neva is stirring this little pot of toffee, telling me about the health benefits of chocolate. Yeah, I said health benefits. Take a seat. Can chocolate actually be good for you? And where is the bad? And what kind of sweet alternatives can we find for our sugar addictions? And at the end of the day, why are we all so in love with chocolate? It's melting point is the same temperature as our body temperature okay yeah. you put a piece of chocolate in your mouth and it yeah. melts yeah it's why we all go because it's it's it kind of corresponds to that it's full of goodness it's really mm. really good for you mm. it's just the sugar despite all, all the, the kind of diet fears that people have about chocolate yeah, it's actually good for you yeah well chocolate itself is good for you. okay if you, like if you're eating something that's loaded with sh- like saturated fats and yeah. sugar and glucose and all of the things that make it last forever it's not good for you yeah, but yeah. pure chocolate is, is full of magnesium and B vitamins, and it's like yeah, 
I'm, it's I'm, amazing, I'm, actually. We don't kind of hear enough about the good sides of chocolate. Yeah. Like you just have the fear that something that's so good and yeah. decadent can't possibly be good for you. Yeah, exactly. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think we're like we're all kind of suffering from sugar addiction. Like that's yeah. that's our yeah. our Western diet and our, our curse, and it's getting worse and worse. And because yeah. sugar keeps things and is a preservative and tastes so good, and we can learn to eat more and more of it. Yeah, like everybody is guilty of it. Um, but I I am. Trying very, very hard to keep it to a minimum. So to make the minimum amount of additional minimum. sugar that you're yeah. putting into your product. Like, so if I, yeah. like, when I sweeten, I sweeten with either, I've been looking at, I was talking to a local doctor who's, um, he's put a lot of his diabetic patients on this, uh, not keto or paleo, oh, but yeah. sort of like yeah. sugar light diets. Yeah. Carb it's light it's diets. very popular, really, isn't it? It seems to be. So I started yeah. looking at it a little bit and it's like, it's actually makes a lot of sense. It, they, they reversed a lot of diabetes type 2 with it. It's mm. got huge success. So mm. I've been looking into using various different kind of natural substitutes as okay. well. Um, yeah, just as long. They have to taste good. What about stevia? Have you ever it's used disgusting. that? disgusting. It's disgusting. It tastes revolting. It's horrible. Okay. It's like, why does not it? like stevia. stevia? <laughs> I don't care what the Peruvians say. Neil in West Cork does not like stevia. It's gross. <laughs> I know. I just thought, like, I would rather just not. Okay, fair. It's, I, I don't know what it is about it. It leaves a nasty aftertaste. But, yeah, I have tried it. Yeah, you have tried it. That's so what, what have you found that's good? Because you use a lot of dates. They're naturally sweet, aren't they? Uh, yeah, well, dates are naturally sweet, but at least it's a whole food. Yeah. Um, like, you're getting... All of the benefit of the of the date without just the sugar. It's not a refined mm. sugar. Mm. Um, I use xylitol. Um, xylitol. Yeah. It, that sounds like a very interesting chemical compound. <laughs> it almost. Does, yeah, it does. It's. It, Is it friendly and good for you? Well, I think the jury's out a little bit. It's. Xylitol from beech trees as a finish, like from finished beech okay. trees. It comes from the bark of finished beech trees. Right. Is a decent sugar replacement or okay. substitute it's not quite sugar it's a kind of al- it's a type of alcohol sugar or fruit sugar mm. but it's not it's a bit better for you than the highly refined sugars and stuff um it's be- it's better for diabetics mm. i'm not sure i'm like i don't know enough about it okay. yeah. i i do use i use it a little bit okay i use it sometimes if i'm making things that are like mint or white chocolate or so i make a white chocolate with um, without using dairy, so I just use cashews and mm. inulin. Um, and I and when you say it comes from beech trees, is this something that we even have in Ireland? Is it an Irish product? No, it's 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 the one I get is Finnish. I don't think it's okay. produced. I mean, I don't know. It could be if it can be it could produced be, like. in Finland, it could be produced in Ireland for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm I'm definitely learning through this whole process of talking yeah. to so many different producers and growers. Is that actually the amount of possibilities that we have here in Ireland? Is incredible. Like food that you don't think that we would grow here actually grows well. It's just given yeah. the time and the space and the effort yeah. Yeah. and the con- oh. conscientiousness to somebody to actually go away and grow it. Like, oh, yeah. 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 I and mean, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I'm not sure what the process is with it. I know you can get xylitol that's made from cornstarch, which is definitely mm. a no no. Um, and then there's this other stuff that, like, I actually can't pronounce. It's another word. <laughs> It's a urethral, but apparently now I've yeah I've been experimenting with that a little bit. 
apparently it's better than xylitol, yeah. but I, like, if you look things up, that you'll always you'll always find the pluses and minuses of everything. Pluses won't you? and minuses. And yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I I think it's okay. I've been using it a little bit. Um, it's not yeah. very expensive. Um, and, but for things like this, I use coconut blossom sugar because it's got a kind of natural caramelly taste. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you know what's what's interesting about what you're doing there is that it's a very small batch because always, yeah. this is a very small production house. How much chocolate So just to set the scene, this really is a small production house. They make a range of about 40 different types of chocolate. So truffles, dates. They said they do bars, but not so much. It's really more like little decorated pieces, each one a little bit of madness. And we'll take you through the tour of the shop later. But the beauty of being small is the experimental joy that comes with it. That's exactly, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Because if I was, if I was just in production and making the same thing all the time. I'd go mad and I, I wouldn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's at least there's a bit of room for creativity and experimentation and finding new things and, and having new things in the kitchen. People like it. So they come looking for new things as well. So it's all, it's within the boundaries of a certain ethos. That's, that's where you're Then going, we can play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the, the dream. The, the playpen. There's your playpen. <laughs> I mean, I thought Don't being in the chocolate either. factory was a dream, but being in a tiny chocolate factory where you've got full creative control, this is the dream. Like. Yeah. And what does um, Easter time mean for a company like you? Easter, we've got two times of the year where we can cover all our bills and hope to make a little money. I mean, mm. like, we're, this is only open... The shop front is only open since August, so this, mm. and this kitchen itself is only up and running since July. Okay. So we're less than a year here. So Easter is massively important. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Like, I mean, I and I'm looking at all of the, there's a lot of beautiful handmade or hand-designed Easter eggs out there mm. made by small chocolate people. Mm. And then you've got, like, Cadbury's and Lidl and stuff selling, yeah. like, three eggs for a yeah. fiver. yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's very hard to compete with that. It's thing. heartbreaking. Yeah. And it like the quality is will never be the same. But mm-hmm. um it's nice to see people supporting small yeah. businesses. And it's nice to see people going out of their way to buy something yeah. that's a bit different and that's yeah. a little bit kind of made with love or something. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that's actually what kind of sets you guys apart from the big supermarkets. Like, I mean, they they could never achieve what you're doing here, like is it? Uh, they they definitely try. Um, they definitely try. There's like um. So why is it that we have eggs at Easter anyway, Jack? Yeah, I mean it was a big question. So I did a little bit of research, and it's there isn't actually a straight answer. Okay, but I have to say all of them are probably true, and. Okay. All of them are kind of interesting. So one that I read would have been that eggs represent rebirth. Mm-hmm. And it would even say that the the modern egg with the treat inside represents Jesus inside the tomb. Oh, wow. Okay. But my favorite one, and it's probably the most likely reason I would think, having read them, is that it comes kind of back to the practice of Lent. So long before we had sweets treats, guilty pleasures, so kind of readily available to us. What we would abstain from for Lent were animal products, so meat, Mm -hmm. dairy, and eggs. Mm -hmm. And the animals wouldn't be slaughtered, so the 
there would be no meat and, and the milk would be fed to calves or preserved into cheeses, but the, the eggs would just, they'd just keep coming. Okay. So there would be this big surplus of eggs after 40 days. Ah, okay. That there makes go, a lot of sense. Feast of eggs at the end of Lent. Yeah, okay. All right. And what about decorating them? Why do we decorate them? Uh, okay, well, this one, according to history.com, is one explanation for this custom is that eggs were formerly a forbidden food during the Lenten season, as, as we you know just now. Mentioned, yeah. So people would paint and decorate them to mark the end of the period of penance and fasting, then eat them on Easter as a celebration. So some early Christians painted decorated eggs red to symbolize the blood Jesus shed for them. Wow, holy moly. Literally, it is intense. Okay, well, I did a bit of research on why it's chocolate eggs then. And I think we're going to be interested in this one because chocolate eggs actually started to appear in Europe in the 1700s. And the first chocolate Easter egg appeared in Britain in 1873 and was introduced by J.S. Fry and Sons of England. Now, Wikipedia credits Cadbury as having created the modern chocolate Easter egg in 1857. And early chocolate eggs were filled with sugar almonds, but it was Cadbury who cracked the recipe for making the molded eggs that we love today. I don't believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I I don't (laughs) give Cadbury the credit. (laughs) They wrote that Wikipedia page. (laughs) It's a pretty big industry here in Ireland. Actually, would you believe in 2019, Irish residents spent 44 million euros on chocolate eggs and that equates to over 650 million eggs the same is probably going to happen this year and 57 percent of the irish public will keep up the tradition of buying chocolate eggs now God, of all those really mad buyers, so like so hold on 57 percent of the yes. irish population so just over half yes by 650 million eggs Yeah, I know it's a bit mad, isn't it? Because do you know what actually happens is at least one in 10 people will buy eight or more chocolate eggs. Like, okay, so you got to think your nieces, nephews, grandkids, brothers, sisters, everyone in the family gets a chocolate egg. That's why it happens, you know. And of course, like they range in price from a couple of euros on the supermarket shelf, as we have just explained, to an article in the Daily Mail this week, which quoted Ireland's most expensive chocolate egg at 70 euros. I'm actually not surprised by that. I would have thought there would have been more. Yeah, well, this particular one is called Treasure of the Rainforest, and it uses a very tiny amount of cacao that is left untouched for native people to grow in the rainforests of Bolivia. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so back to the chocolatiers in West Cork. And at this point, Jack, you have now beamed into my laptop, which I'm carrying around so that you can chat to everyone. Thank you, Jolene. So one of the things we really wanted to know from Niamh is where did the name Hungry Crow come from? It's a bit of an unusual name. This is, um, I don't know, I'm definitely older than you, but like this was given to me by my mother's twin sister when I was four. Okay, so we should probably describe for people who were listening. Okay, uh, so it's, oh yeah. This is Ace's favourite book. How many times have you been thumbed Oh no, no, the book itself is actually, it's actually falling apart. It's, I've got the book here. It's falling apart. It's, um, it was, it was, this was published in the 60s. Okay. But the, it's, it's um there was a Californian couple who did all the illustrations and they're beautiful like they're right. really really beautiful and yeah. I I just love the illustrations and there is a fable about a crow with a lump of cheese in its mouth 
that was conned by a fox into singing so the fox could have the cheese. So it was kind of a stupid crow as opposed to a hungry crow, really. Oh, but okay. I think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is like this is this is actually our logo. Okay. But that is the front of the book. So yeah. I just took that. You can see the trace line. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Um, and used that. But then there's like these. So beautiful. Oh like God, you know, there's gorgeous. a fable of the sun and the the wind, mm. where it's like the. You know, the wind, the wind is vicious and the sun is gentle and they persuade a man to take his coat off. Or there's, it's just, look, like, so gorgeous. Oh, that's stunning. Yeah. And, and all. And I love the fact that this book is like literally falling apart. And no, like, okay, so just for anyone who's not looking at it, there actually isn't <laughs> a spine. There's like sellotape and everything. In the no, it's. There's my <laughs> my five year old pretend hat joined up writing is all over it as well. You know, when you, I was like, I used to pretend I could do joined up writing and just scribble everywhere, so it's everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was. It's the image. I I'm always I kind of like how things look always, yeah. and it was the image that drew me. And I wanted I wanted us to have a name that was well one unique to us, but also meant that we were able to do whatever we wanted. Because mm. sure. I, I wasn't. I mean, chocolate wasn't actually on my agenda when I started yeah. doing this I wanted to make kind of healthy alternative treats and so I knew it could change because yeah. I I do that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so I just wanted it to be something that didn't wasn't necessarily describing something yeah. but could give us a blanket to do anything we wanted yeah. because so, you know yeah. when I think of the word crow like, yeah I mean I, I actually the first thing I think of is Alfred Hitchcock yeah and, like, uh, it's they, not necessarily like this really happy image of like this <laughs> Yeah. Really delighted bird. Like, yeah. why not a sparrow or something? I, I, I'm, I'm always drawn a little bit to the dark side. I think. <laughs> <laughs> dark, dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I just, it was that particular image. Um, yeah, yeah, it felt right for me at the time, and I just, yeah, look there, he, she is again. It's absolutely yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, this book is like, it's could very you, precious to me. Actually, could you read part of the story of? That, that. Well, it's the hungry crow. The hungry crow. Uh, well, it's it's okay. I can find it. Settle down now for your bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Neil and the hungry crow. Oh my god! <laughs> I, can I actually can't find it. This is like it's, there is no. Okay. But the fable is actually called the fox and the crow. The fable is actually called the fox. The fable is called the fox or the crow. Um, the crow is... Neil, I'm surprised to hear you say the chocolate wasn't the original idea because you guys are definitely known to be I, yeah. chocolate, like artists, you know, chocolate specialists. I fell in love with chocolate um, and I kind of just got... I, 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 yeah, I completely fell in love. I started dreaming about it in this kind of ridiculous way. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and go, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's not too ridiculous. But it started off with, it was, it was snack bars. It was alternative snack bars for people on restricted diets. Yeah. Okay. Without dairy, without grains, without refined sugars. That's how it started. Okay. And then okay. um, uh, we was supplying a couple of shops in Clon with those bars. And mm -hmm. uh, we decided we'd take a stall in Skibbereen Market. So we went down mm -hmm. there with a borrowed tent and a rough uh, table, a couple of nests, and the stall looked very bare. So Nave thought, oh no, we need to get something else going if we're going to be doing the markets. 
and mm -hmm. she hit on the idea of um, stuffing my jewel dates and dipping them in chocolate. Mm -hmm. And that's how, the, that's how the whole chocolate thing Yeah, came, and came I was about. looking at, because chocolate's such a super nutritious food as well, I was looking at making raw chocolates. And um, I did a course with uh, Amy Levin in London. And now um, oh, we got found it. Um, and she, yeah, she's 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 a master of raw chocolate and raw food. She's mm. makes beautiful things, really, really beautiful yeah. things. Um, and I just got very excited about that. And then and then I went, it doesn't have to be raw. <laughs> well, basically because the mouth feel of of like really dark chocolate when it's been conched a very long time and it's very smooth and delicious is so much better. And I just I didn't want to compromise taste. And yeah, I just got, I chocked it, it it's, it's fascinating, you, it's easy yeah. to get sucked in by it. Yeah. So yeah, that was... That's and, and, and tell me, when is this? Sorry, you said back when you started, what year was that? Oh... Started uh, 2015. <laughs> okay. So uh, basically May 2015, made the first bar February 2015. I have no memory. And uh, <laughs> we, we literally went to Skibbereen Market, Nave had a wicker basket in one arm with some bars. I had a little mirror tray. Like that, we wandered through Skibbereen Market for about an hour with just offering tasters and saying that people wanted bars. And uh, I think less than an hour, Nave had cleared everything and we walked away and we're back the following week with the, the borrowed tent and the table. And walked yeah. away, walked away we, loaded. Yeah, so that, oh, yeah. Six, that was... I think it was 60, it was 60 euros. We felt like we were like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, and then we started trading in Skibbereen Market from, from May 2015. Yeah. So we're okay. still there. And then we started in Clon the following February 2016. Amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Skib's a great market. Yeah, it is. It's a great market. market. Yeah. Okay, Neil's found the story. Would you like to hear the story, Jack? I'd love to hear the story. Okay. Let us have it. Oh, God. The Fox and the Crow from Aesop's <laughs> Tale. Um, so, The Fox and the Crow. A crow had stolen a good-sized piece of cheese from a cottage window and had flown with it into a tall tree. A fox, who had seen this happen, said to himself, if I'm smart, I'll have the cheese for supper. Foxes speak like that, you know. Um, he, thought, <laughs> he thought for a moment and then decided on this plan. Good afternoon, Miss Crow, he said. How really beautiful you look today. I've never seen your feathers so glistening. Your neck is as graceful as a swan's and your wings are mightier than an eagle's. I'm sure if you had a voice, you would sing sweetly as a nightingale. The crow, pleased with such praise, wanted to prove she could sing. As soon as she opened her mouth to caw, the cheese fell onto the ground and the fox snapped it up. And as he trotted, trotted off, he made things worse by calling back to the crow. I may have talked about your beauty, but I said nothing about your brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've all, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Poor old crow. <laughs> but uh, we're dairy free as well, so maybe that ties in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, yeah. Yeah. Will we, will we take a look at the shop, Jack? Do you want to see what's uh, for sale in the shop? Yeah, can I go on a little tour? Yeah, come on, yeah. let's take you on a little tour. <laughs> Okay, and we go inside. So, yeah. Come on then. So. Oh my God, the smell when you come in here is Bring ridiculous. It, it's, it's insane. Like what I can smell is like cherry and strawberry and fruit and sweet deliciousness. <laughs> and so. the beautiful counter. So what have we got, Nia? So champagne truffles. <sighs> and they're, they've got the most beautiful color. They're kind of like... Um, 
They're, they're almost like silvery blue, that kind of sapphire yeah. blue that you showed us earlier. What These else we got? Amaze balls. Amaze, amaze balls. Why are they called amaze balls? <laughs> well, it was, it was my niece who called them amaze balls. She tasted them and she said, These are amaze balls. And we went, So they are. <laughs> 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 um, so they're like a salt of caramel. And there's hazelnut, pistachio, Irish coffee, almond. Oh. These look sensational. Look at them now, right? <laughs> so, like the colors here wow. are beautiful. Is this like a raspberry or what's going on it's here? It's raspberry and pistachio. So, there's okay. like a, a pistachio marzipan with a raspberry ganache okay. inside. And beautiful. Then and then these are these are the eggs. So, we've got our uh, mint eggs and orange eggs, and they're all sort of differently hand painted. Mm. So, so Neve was telling me earlier when she hand paints them, she's using natural coloring to yeah. to paint them. So, yeah. what are the colorings here now on these ones? So we've got like there's a, there's pinks and oranges and blues. Well, they're basically they're based on beetroot, turmeric, and spirulina. Gorgeous. Um, but you can mm. like they're they're deodorized, so you don't actually taste beetroot. Spirulina, but you can I'm actually <laughs> glad you said that because yeah. somebody would be kind of a little bit terrified about eating like beetroot it. chocolate, but beetroot brownies are delicious. Beetroot works with chocolate really well, turmeric and spirulina not so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah spirulina no. No, yeah. it's yeah. like fishy chocolate, no. No, not good. <laughs> not like salted <laughs> no, caramel no, chocolate. No, it doesn't work. No. Okay, um, what are these beautiful bars here? Uh, so these are, they've got the cacao nibs are soaked in uh, whiskey, Irish whiskey. Um, so the, it, there's a center of Irish whiskey, so cacao nibs and raspberries, and then raspberry and pistachio on top. I think I like raspberry and pistachio together so much because of the color. Mm. They taste nice together, mm. but the color is yeah. just great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then these are West Cork honey bars, so Gorgeous. with the local honey. These are hazelnut proline. Oh, um, and they, they actually look like pieces of art. They're pretty. <laughs> They're so pretty. So Neve was telling me that she was a ceramicist before she became a chocolatier. Yeah. So I can see ah. where the art is yeah. uh, is coming yeah. in big yeah. time here. Like there's, well, I, yeah, I, they, they yeah, are I really beautiful. That process of molding and decorating. And yeah, making. yeah, and then the chocolate has this kind of slightly temperamental character that the wiring and clay work seems to have as well. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'd, I, the, the main question I wanted to ask you guys is wh what in life changes when Easter comes around? Is it a complete yeah. mess? Um, I, well, so I'm kind of, I love making Easter eggs. Mm. I actually really mm. look forward to it <laughs> because mm. it's a chance to be really creative and mm. to play. Um, and I always find a new way of decorating or a new way of playing with the mm. chocolate and using it and so i really love that mm. i love that so it's, that's fine mm. um it's just that everything else has to continue as well mm. yeah so it just means we work longer hours yeah um mm. when you say you work longer hours like what what would you be putting in now this week are you here 24 7 almost or does it feel like it um I got home. I like we we because we've got the coffee shop now. We need to be in and, and have the machine on mm. and open by quarter past eight in the morning. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so we're generally here by between eight and quarter past. Mm. And I got home Monday night at quarter to nine. Mm. Yeah. Um, I take Sundays off because I just I'm not capable of mm. it. Like I'm not. I think. And I Sundays think, is potentially a very busy day for a place like this, isn't it? Uh, we we when we opened first, we we stayed open on a Sunday, and yeah. it was it just wasn't worth it. Mm. it. I mean, it was okay, but yeah. 
we I need I need rest more yeah <laughs> and that yeah so I mean it's it's a it's a hard thing starting a business like this when you're 50 yeah yeah like I don't know I mean you want to be you need to be a little bit crazy I think yeah um hmm. <laughs> just a small bit I'd say the craziness <laughs> is coming out in spades here like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah no I, I love it I, I know I can't continue to work at this this rate um, yeah so I need to rethink it a little bit um, and just learn to manage a little bit yeah. better and manage my time. So, and so this is a, probably a great point to meet the team that are working here and keeping the whole show on the road. So Niamh's already told us about Cloda, who works front of house and is studying psychology. Apparently that helps, she says. And Brida is also part of the glue. She actually comes from her own self-employed food background, so really understands what it takes to keep a busy business going. And there's Mark, of course, and her son, who helped out at the start with lots of barista experience from his time in Australia. So let's meet some of these people who are working about the place. This is Brida, and she's going to be followed by Mark. And my role, I see my role as being a support. And uh, I see Neve as a terribly creative person in mm. every way. And uh, but she wouldn't be terribly organized. And I'm very good at organizing. I love organizing. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that that's my forte. You're the gel that keeps She's very going, lucky right? to have you, Brida. Well, I'm lucky to have them, to be honest, um, because I was a, a single, well, I am a single mother, so I was uh, homeschooling for uh, since my daughter was seven, so for the last 10 years. So for me then, um, I wanted to get back out into the working yeah. environment. And this was an absolutely fabulous way to go. Yeah. Um, it it um, it has all the creativity that you'd want. The yeah. uh, there's a bit of slog, but the slog is always relieved by plenty of humour and plenty of laughter. And <laughs> um, I think you might get the vibe when you walk into this kitchen that it's a very happy kitchen. It is actually. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It is. So yeah. there's that kind of a vibe. And I always think like I used to work in the food industry years ago as well myself, but I always think. A happy kitchen makes happy food, whether it's food or whether it's chocolate or whatever. Mm. And I think it shows in the products because they're all very colorful and very mm. creative. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, it's quite fun. I I, yeah. I would never wake up in the morning and go, shit, I've got to go to chocolates today. That would never <sighs> be if you like. I, I just work here part time as well. Yeah. So it would be like I'd be waking in the morning, oh, chocolates today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have two very important questions for you. One, do you love chocolate? And two, do you overdose on it? No, neither. I, <laughs> um, I have never be, had a terribly sweet tooth. Mark, I did have um, a, a question earlier for you. Brida was telling us that she's not a massive fan of chocolate. Do you intentionally look for people who aren't going to be getting high on their own supply to work in the kitchen with you? Do you have all well, anti-chocolate I, people? I have absolutely, um, no, the thing you need to understand about this is that uh, I am very definitely the back room, right? I have yeah. nothing to do with hiring staff. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think I brought in somebody once and, uh, <laughs> boom, no, no, that's entirely, hiring and firing is naive. <laughs> Uh, okay. The whole thing is naive. This is naive. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm an enabler, Jack. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. He's got a chocolate making habit. <laughs> I enable the habit. Do you know when you usually get it? When you get a little look into someone's company or or what they're doing and their setup, you, people have their kind of defined roles. Oh. And here we have like the enabler and we have the support network, and everyone yeah. seems to have a, a job in and around Neve. It's fantastic. My my main question for you, Mark: How important is the community of artisans around you 
in setting up and running your business? How important has that been oh, and massive. continues to be? Massive. I mean, basically, um, you know, Nave, neither Nave nor myself were really suited to working for other people. Right. Yeah. And I was working, like, you know, I worked for um, Autos West Cork for a good many years. So I was out yeah. doing markets for oh, six, seven years. So I was meeting, hanging out with once a week, at least sometimes twice a week, three times a week with artisan food producers on the markets. Um, yeah. That they effectively became my um, support group community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with COVID. My social yeah. life since COVID is the markets. Do you know what I mean? There's been yeah. nothing else. Um, so, yeah, it's, no, it's massively important. It's hugely important. And, and it's, um, it's uh, yeah, you use the word support. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it mm. is. I mean, our first uh, kitchen, for example, possible to get a unit years ago when they started the thing. So she was working from home. She couldn't work from home anymore. You know, I was lucky that I was working for Otto's West Cork. Jake had this tiny uh, space that wasn't being used. Yeah. And um, so they effectively grew the business there, mm. in there, uh, and in the markets, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Huge. support massive. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, it's great to see um, we're going to be signing up this year now again. Um, there's going to be a, a, not a craft fair, a, um, a fest, a garden fair thing in, in, uh, in Ballymaloo in May. Yeah. It's not Lit Fest. It's a different kind of an event. And uh, so it'll be nice. Like we haven't been over in East Cork and uh, West Waterford for since pre-COVID, you know. So it'll be nice mm. to hook up with the crew that we know from over there. And, and get tied back into that again. So, yeah. Sorry, kind of a ramble there, but uh, I think you got to No, answer. but it's it's exactly the answer that I expected you'd say because my experience of doing it was exactly the same. The the leaning on and the depending on and the sharing and the, you know, what yeah. is ultimately perceived by so many externally as competition is actually just oh, yeah. one big, huge collaboration. Well, yeah, I mean, there you go. Like, I mean, and, you know, and in terms of like our... Um, our ability as West Cork producers even to be supplying a lot of neighbor foods that aren't in West Cork, that are like mm. Cork City, that are East Cork, mm. that are North Cork. That's yeah. all down to like a shared, trans, you know, shared transportation, yes. logistical yes. thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's really good. It's really good. Okay. It's nice to be part of this uh, community. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And You're thank you guys welcome. for the time as well. I know this is a really messy week, but it's been great to get a little look in. Thanks a million. Yeah, thanks, a million. thanks, Jack. Bye. Bye. <laughs> happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> so a very happy Easter to all of our listeners. And as always, if you are enjoying these podcasts of what's happening in artisan food, food production, general stories of interest, just meeting interesting people and seeing how the food we eat is made, do subscribe, give us a rating and some feedback or share these episodes. Enjoy your Easter eggs this weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. Perfect. Great. Nice. Thank you, Jolene. No bother. <laughs>